Hey, everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we're joined by a special guest, our good friend and frequent directing partner collaborator. <laughs> good guy. <laughs> Hand-waving man. Jake Oaks. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Thanks. I have notes about part one. Oh yes, yeah. we were hoping you would. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll definitely hear them all. Um, and yes, good uh, good call. This is a part two episode from our uh, conversation last week about <clears throat> excuse me about directing. And uh, Pete and I talked a little bit more about like uh, creative process and uh, whatnot, uh, more so than than specifically like like uh, directing or, or the role of directing. Um, but uh, we wanted to do a, a, an episode with Pete because uh, not only do we work I, oh, maybe even more than half the time with Pete, <laughs> um, we uh, are also currently uh, in an overlap of projects, uh, both co-directing with Pete. Yes, I'm being handed off. Yes, but listen yes. before before we get to that, uh, we we do have a, a special announcement slash uh, I guess pre announcement maybe because um, as of this past week we officially sealed the deal with um, a new uh, partner. Uh, we're being adopted by bah, 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 the Improv Network. Ooh. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Hey, up there. Hey. Yeah, branding change. Oh, um, new brand, new skin. That's that's what they say. Got to have a new look. Got to have a new look. It makes new it official. Brand. So brand. Yeah, we, yes. Not not a whole lot is really going to change about our programming. We're still going to do live streams on Sundays uh, at one p.m. for the time being. Um, we may switch up the the way that we do that or, or, you know, who we have involved in, who knows. Um, but, but we'll still do regular live streams on Sundays at 1 PM and, uh, we'll still be releasing the lecture episodes on a, uh, bi-weekly or bi-monthly every other week. Um, and, uh, and then we will also have a meeting with the improv network to, um, have some more details and exciting plans involved with that, um, exciting opportunity and rebrand with the Improv Network. Um, we're very, very excited to be working with that crew. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, go to the improvnetwork.org. It's basically um, a forum, resource center, uh, community, online community for improvisers, uh, mainly for uh, having a, a troupe profile, a theater yeah. profile, a festival profile um, in order to submit to festivals and have an online presence and social network. They're good people. Yeah, they are. They, they really are. They're cool. Um, okay, so that's our uh, sort of initial announcement and then yes. we'll have uh, more on that in coming weeks. But for now, let's get to our guest, uh, Pete, in our conversation about directing. Um, Pete, did you, did you, were you able to watch back any of it? I, I, I did, I did uh, earlier in the week, I did watch the episode. Okay, because I, I don't actually have notes. At just some point, <laughs> oh, well, 
I I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. I wouldn't show up until this week so that I and just start with saying I have notes. So I was gonna... <laughs> well, yeah, because and I know that uh, we 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 thought uh, like we've we've been thinking of these topics uh, pretty close to the to the wire um, yeah. in the last couple of weeks for a couple of reasons. Uh, and, and that also came along with thinking to invite you last minute. Um, but part of the reason is because, uh, you and I, Pete have been, uh, exhausted working on this, uh, Christmas album for go, for go comedy. It's called Santa tales from lockdown. Uh, and it came out this past Tuesday and you and I were co-directing it. Um, mm -hmm. and so, so that last week was the Sunday before that release. And I know you right. like me had been up until like six or seven in the morning working on yeah. it. <laughs> I, think I, I think I went to bed about 7 AM. And then when I woke yeah. up, I got, I saw texts from you and I was like, yeah, this isn't happening. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, uh, you and Bob are also now moving from that right into uh, gearing up for snow day. Uh, yep. Which um, which will be our first virtual show snow day. So this is going to be uh, interesting. It's going to be interesting. Actually, it's it's it is interesting because normally by now we have everything set for set up and done. Yeah, this is usually schedule's done. Bob's uh, already away with his family, and there's nothing to do except collect some uh, collect baskets and get ready yeah. for the day. And and we're doing it in a completely different format. And we started like a month and a half late. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, it is what it is. We all got to adapt to right, the, right, right. You know, the ongoing. Well, I, you know, it's 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 ongoing pandemic, and it's also like uh, the last part of the year has been like holding out for like, is anything going to change? Like, is it going to go away, or are we going to get a vaccine? Like, so yeah, yeah. you know, who we. I mean, I, I think I remember making kind of like joking or at least not not more than half serious comments about like, man, what if Snow Day, because uh, we did a Snow right. Day episode. Uh, yeah, we were joking. We were like, yeah, 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 yeah. we'll be back. Snow Day is not going to get bugged. It'll be fine. It's probably yeah. going to be the first event we do when we open up because it's so yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. forbid we have to do it online, but if we have to, we will. And then, yeah. we are. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, Pete, I guess let's start with uh, your perspective on like um, going from the end of one process to the beginning of the next. Um, I mean, I'm sure that it's it's very you're very uh, kind of burnt out, but like. Um, Having just well, come, actually, do, it feels, good, it feels more normal. Yeah, when the theater was open, you know, a process would finish, the show would get on its feet, and I would either be working on cues for the next show, uh, or be in rehearsals for the next show, or what, or you know, every project overlapped when we weren't in a lockdown, so going from one right into the other actually feels somewhat normal. Yeah. Maybe it's a sign that I'm overworked. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, just for context, as we start talking about it, what is the date? It's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend 
is still what you're aiming at for snow day, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do the 16th and 16th into the 17th of January. Wow. So that is, <laughs> that is pretty soon. huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we we have started a little bit. We we've gotten some people, some really great out of towners, to uh, commit to to performing. What's what's fantastic is being virtual. This might be the first international snow day that we right. Had. Yeah, because um, no one has the excuse that they can't come. Yeah, it's going to get people involved <laughs> if all they got to do is turn on their computer <laughs> and show up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, okay. Whether whether it's in the virtual times here or um, we can talk about the first, you know, decade of of, <laughs> of snow day before this. But um, so, what's what what is typically the first thing that you start doing with with like a special event like this? You start you you get the dates firm. Do you you like get like bigger contributors and names firm, or do you start working on on like the uh, the the more volume? oriented stuff like submissions and whatnot what comes first the date is always first yeah. but it, because it's martin luther king jr weekend we already kind of know it's that it's confirmed just that's sort of the yeah. arrangement we have with go um and usually the summer months are meant for me to um not talk to Bob about snow day because we talk about it so much and it takes so, so much energy that as soon as it hits the summer, I'm like, I want to hear the word snow day. I don't want to talk about snow day. <laughs> Let's take a break. And then, um, and then, yeah, I think at first is submissions and we always try to reach out to bigger names as soon as we can to confirm them. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's you know activate the volunteers, activate them like they're in hibernation. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> plug them in. Uh, Make sure they're charged. Yeah. The volunteers are charged, and then send them on their way. Yeah, and then so really, what you're directing with the special event is is more um, more organization than pretty than much. Yeah, there's there's not there's not as much of like the um sort of uh the creative vision of what the show is itself. It's more it's more the moving pieces and how they're going to operate the during the event, right? Yeah. Um okay. Well, and then uh what like each year, I, I imagine this is true for things like Diff and and um really any of the annual events that we have is that like it's nice to have the recurring spot um, and sort of like the, ga the game plan going in on repeat, but uh, it's also, I imagine, got to be a challenge to like kind of hit the refresh button on energy or if it's been a few years and it's like, hey, uh, everyone, we need to do this thing again. And like, how do you how do you kind of like get new people involved and also re-energize the people who are involved every year? Is, is that a challenge as much as I'm uh, imagining it is? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, because yeah. every year, like the newer groups, um, th you know, they've been working on their, their improv for a whole year. 
So when they come back, they're a little bit more seasoned. But then they're telling the groups that are younger than them, oh, you got to check out this snow day event. So it just kind of word of mouth um, tends to keep the the interest yeah. every year. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's that's cool. I, I guess I'm, I'm imagining um, what about with like some of the uh, out-of-towners uh, I, I just imagine with some with like I, I guess I'm transferring over in my mind for, for like diff that you got to like kind of mix it up to keep it fresh and and whatnot but you guys have a little less pressure to do that uh, because it's for a benefit and not just for um, an entertainment showcase it's it's both so you have the built-in um the built-in mission of it yeah the mission and, and, and it being a, a, a 26 hour marathon has its own kind of energy to it because just being a part of it means you're being part of something a little bit bigger than usual so that, that itself is unique and and piques people's interests you know um and just you know like pete said like you get the younger people invested you know and and then they 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 get to play, and then the next year they're like, "Oh man, we did this thing," and that brings energy to it. So it's yeah. almost self perpetuating in a way. We don't really have to do much um, other than uh, listen to complaints about why do I have to why do I have to play at four o'clock in the morning? Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it's not even a complaint. <laughs> it's just like a go to bit, and we we get it. It's it's <laughs> it's a rough ask. There's the added energy of I played at 4 a.m. last year. I better get a better time slot this year. And then they and that's the only sure way to get another 4 a.m. time slot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know us. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, real quick, Nicole says hi. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. And uh, go snow day. Hashtag Gildas Club. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about. Uh, Improv and, and sketch processes too, though, because uh, maybe that's a little bit more, um, I guess, frequent and um, uh, higher, more instances. You get you got more examples of different shows. Um, yeah, that you guys. What when you go to do like a like a traditional sketch process, uh, or even yeah. like uh, when we geared up for writing writing the album, Pete? Like, uh, how do you? typically get started on on that what do you what are the initial stages of directing a process well i guess it 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 depends it depends on the process i guess um because yeah with with the the album i kind of came in i came to you and i was like i have an idea um i even have a title what do you think um and that's how for uh for some reason for holiday shows i kind of come i have the overall idea and the possible title um and now i want to get my cast together um for other like sketch review shows i my first step is like who's my ideal cast who do i want to work with um is eric available uh, <laughs> I tend to put Eric Heilner in everything, so yeah. he's good. Why, why wouldn't you? My first, my first step is: is Eric available? And then beyond that, uh, what's who's my ideal cast? And then, um, 
once I get the cast together, um, it, it, it and again, it depends on the process. Like some of it is, all right, let's brainstorm. Do we have a general, a general idea or do we start working on scenes and see if the overall theme comes from that? Um, so yeah, it, it definitely, it varies. The, the begin yeah the beginning once the process has started it, it varies as to how i attack it yeah well tell me about about finding a concept when you don't have one because i i typically actually don't uh do it that way uh, i just i just i've i've been a part of a couple um review uh style processes and i do love that um but even 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 like even like the one that the first one i was part of uh, uh which ended up being called 50 shades of gray or sorry, 50 states of gray um, was a political uh, sketch show. And we, we at least knew that. Right. So like um, that or like the holiday when you're like, you know, that, that that's going to be the theme is because it's, it kind of already centers around uh, yeah. something predetermined. Um, that's one thing. But like, if you, if you do like one of the winter shows or summer shows, I haven't been part of that where, where it's like, let's just write some stuff and then figure out what it's about later. How, how does, how does that work um, in the beginning of a process when, when that's the case? Well, I mean, that's, that's more of the second city style is um, cause I remember at second city to Detroit uh, on the, the, the back of the green room door, there was always a really big piece of paper and um, the cast whenever they came up with a title idea would write it down. So they had rows and rows and rows of title ideas, but while that was going on, they were just writing sketches and, and, um, and testing them on, on the audience. And then the show would build from there. And then once they picked a title that traditionally had absolutely nothing to do with what they were doing, um, they would come up with like, um, an opener <laughs> or at least a, an opener or a closer or, at least a scene that tied to the title. Um, yeah, but, like they, they're Second City is typically trying to come up with a uh, just a catchy pun. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe relevant uh, current commentary title or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> that's funny that that it, that it usually was like, well, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do the beginning and the end in service of it but otherwise it's just a collection of of scenes um, by these well, people i remember there was i remember there was uh, a show at second city in detroit where um like there was a sketch like almost almost towards the end of like it wasn't even in the run out it was just in the middle and it just referenced the title and that was <laughs> the only connection to the title that the entire show had um but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, plot twist. The last, mm, yeah, last big uh, sketch show that I, I directed. Um, I was just like, it's the summer show, you know. I don't know, like it's you know, you, you think summer, you think big blockbuster. I don't know. What do you guys think? And people just kept writing sketches, and the more that we got brought in, there was it. I found there was an overall theme of movies. Yeah. So the opener became people in a movie theater. It became an opening song about don't talk when the movie is playing. 
And then the closer was this epic that uh, Doug Kovacs wrote. There's this epic, um, it started in silent film and then he got time traveled to a Western and then time and then traveled to like uh, sci-fi fantasy and then uh, zombie apocalypse. And then there was a big explosion and it was just a very involved closer that came from we have this idea a lot of our our sketches have to do with movies so let's like tie it all together yeah uh, so so but, but and then that's and then kind like, of a combination I, of, of of having like uh um and i a nugget of an idea that like oh this summer is kind of for blockbuster movies and then um and then also finding that you could yeah. build momentum in that direction and then what, so what about, uh, I'm trying to remember, did you do, you did Breaking Convention, right? Yeah. And then did you also do S'more Money, S'more Problems? That was easy. <laughs> okay. Because um, again, S'more Money, S'more Problems, probably the same thing is, is that it, it's like yeah. summer, it was a summer show, probably camping stuff. What, what was Breaking Convention? Do you remember the, um, where, how you landed on doing like conventions and uh, sort of corporate meeting? Yeah. Yeah. Out of it came out of an improv rehearsal from some other group. Um, that wouldn't it be funny if there was a convention center for conventions? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was a whole building that had conventions inside of it. Um, so that was the, the kernel of the idea was that somehow every convention that you could think of is taking place in this one convention center on this particular day so, and it gave us the the opportunity to mess with the genre and um while still playing basically playing location so that characters could crisscross um so like there was a, a recurring scene where um michelle gerlando's character was um going to to a little house on the prairie convention and she fell in love with Billy Crawford's character who was going to a Firefly convention. <laughs> um, and it kind of became like a star-crossed lovers were just too different. Yeah. Um, but occasionally their scenes would always take place like at the end, like there was a, um, a scene where Chris Peterson wanted a, a nachos or something. And towards the end of that sketch, Billy and Michelle ran in front of their sketch and had a part of their scene going on. So like I wanted to play location with the show so that all the characters could inter interact at any point. And the convention center for conventions idea s sounded like not only could we play location, but we could mess with every level of uh, genre um, and still maintain the rule that it's in this one building. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so then, uh, well, we got, we got some people saying hi here. So let me, let me just, uh, say hi to some of the people watching. Um, Kurt. Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Going? <laughs> now, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure you've made this comment on GoLabs before and they can't both be your favorite, Kurt. You have to pick uh, one. Kurt's got a big heart. They can be ties. That at the release party for the album this past Tuesday, he commented, this is my favorite show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having so many favorites, Kurt. 
Yeah. Um, and Tim David said, t- says hi. And hey, uh, Moni says hi, oh, who's also hey, uh, on the um, uh, Christmas album. Uh, right. She is. Which you well, should all check out at Bandcamp. Uh, sorry, gocomedy.bandcamp.com if you haven't already. Um, uh, thank you all for being here. And um, hope, if you have any questions about directing, the topic is is directing shows. And if uh, you have any questions to chime in with uh, either for Pete, who's our guest, uh, or for the panel here about directing sketch, improv, or any other show process, um, yes. that is the topic we're on. But so, Pete, you were just saying that even uh, something like Breaking Convention, did you, did you, did you, you said you, you came in as a director before the first rehearsal, having that, uh, that interest in a convention center backdrop. Okay. So, so the first big sketch show that I did at Go was the year before. And that was um, Lame Duck Soup. Okay. Um, And that was, I, well, I, came in nervous because I was trying to come up with a concept and it had been so, and I couldn't think of anything. Um, and then it had been so long since I had done non like it had been so long since I had done a show where I didn't come in with the concept ahead of time. I forgot how freeing and fun it is to just be like, we're going to do a show. Everybody write your, whatever ideas you can think of and we'll come up with a through line. Uh, down the Okay. Road. And then for and then for that one, so lame duck soup um, being a, partially a play on um, who, who who does a duck soup? Uh, Marx Brothers. The, the Marx, Marx Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I was like the Charles Brothers. <laughs> Charles Marx. That's, yeah, right. yeah. that's lame duck chowder. That's totally yeah. different. Um, oh, that was a bad one. Oh, <laughs> so uh, that that one. Still, because of the Marx Brothers thing, kind of had like a a, a uh, at, at least a little bit of a through line of um, vaudevillian or or like uh, old, that, old that came, older. Yeah, that came in after we settled on a title. Okay, and that and then that's something that you just leaned into, and then at that point, yeah. you kind of you have to pivot a little bit and be like, okay, we have enough to kind of suggest this theme, and I and then as a director, you're like, okay, that's kind of what we're hinting at. Let's lock it in and lean into it, and then you start writing yeah. runners and blackouts and or, uh, additional stuff in in service of that. Or did you take yeah, existing yeah. sketches and vaudevillian them up? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, like we had the running order. We came up with the title. We did a preview, um, and I wanted to add some more vaudeville, and so we I literally. We wrote sketches, and I think they were called like uh, "Peterson does a thing," <laughs> "Harry does a thing." Good. It was whatever kind of vaudevillian act we could come up with. They would be in those in those spots. Um, I wanted yeah. the show that said, and like we had the the Queen of England just roll down stage waving, like to like hype music or something. I got to look back at the video where there was a. A lot of weird, yeah, like non sequitur stuff in that show. Yeah, and then, but you also you had a bit on who's on first, right? At some sort of Abbott and Costello bit. Yeah, that was Peterson and Papandria. It was yeah. uh, Abbott and Costello workshopping who's on first, but that was just they just wrote that sketch, and it just um, 
that came from I think Peterson. Okay. And um, that was already that was in the show before we came up with the title. Okay, so that so so that one would be an example of like the type of sketch that's in the pile that makes you think maybe we should do something. Yeah. Sort of uh, early seventeen or seventeen hundreds early. <laughs> <laughs> brain fried guys um, no, that, the, the that, that sketch brothers. oh that old Victorian oh. vaudeville <laughs> the Charles Brothers 1700s Victorian uh, comedy was vaudeville oh, <laughs> well. um, but uh, that sketch is in the pile and it makes you think okay this um, among maybe a couple others maybe you want to do like a Marx Brothers thing and then you go okay if we're going to do that then let's give everybody a, a, a sort of vaudeville uh, variety show segment yeah. um, and so on and so forth. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and then when we did uh, the Christmas show Manger Things instead of Stranger Things. Oh! <laughs> there we go. Tight pun. Tight. The more, the more that we worked on the sketches, the more I realized that none of it had anything to do with Stranger Things. Um, right. and so what ended up happening was uh, the through line to connect to the title were the transitions. So yeah. all the transitions were in the upside down. And as, as they were like setting chairs and moving throughout, they were um, like calling out looking for friends. But it had, that was the only way I could connect it to the title, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about transitions. Um, and, and then uh, Kurt's got a question, which we'll uh, pivot over to in a second. But transitions seem like such, if, if you don't do something cool with them, uh, it's a missed opportunity. And and oh, I don't know how well they always work, but, but like other examples I can think of are in uh, another Christmas show, uh, North by North Pole, um, they did uh, like sort of slow motion um, running uh, in, a, in a, like a Hitchcock vibe, slow down because of the plane chasing scene, which I'm sure I don't think is slow motion, but like it, they, there was just like a, a sort of eerie Hitchcock thing um, going on there because of the title. Well, and then yeah. it, uh, go, go ahead. So with plot twist, um all of the transitions were a dance party. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's great. And then they would all sit down at this, like, sit down in uniform. So it would be frantic energy, and then they would lock into place, and then the lights would come on. Yeah, or like, I, I want to say, Fifty States of Grey had like dubstep. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Um. But okay, so so that those are really cool things that I think um, really add to the threading together of otherwise, you know, disparate collection of scenes. It's also the kind of thing that like you always you wish you had more time to do because it, it can kind okay. of feel hard to justify stopping and being like, okay, what are we going to do with our transitions when you have like a, just a week or two left before um, premiering and you're like. Uh, we still need like this prop or, or to run this scene a couple more times. Where's the lights and, and sound at? Like, uh, so I don't know, like just thoughts on, on where that falls in the priority as, as like a, uh, an added spice. Once the running order is set and we've blocked everything, 
I usually, no matter what, I take a, a one one whole rehearsal and work on transitions. Um, and I know there are some directors that are like that, um, like are like all right, going from this scene to this scene. There's three chairs. Who's got them? And somebody will be like, I could take two. I could take one. Um, for whatever reason, I'll, I'll look at the running order and I will just dictate who's taking what and moving what where um, all the way through. And then we run that until it seems tight. And then if, if I can add, as long as like the transitions are clean, I'm happy. If I can find a gimmick to put into the transitions, I'm even happier, but that's usually, uh, once we're doing full runs, if I can see anything or if every now and again, an idea will come up in rehearsal of, Hey, wouldn't it be neat if the transitions we did this? Cause that was, I just remember at some point with major things, uh, Eric Heilner, uh, was basically like, uh, what if the transitions were in the upside down? Oh my God. Are we really going to do a whole show where the through line is, the, is the transitions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah our through line is going to be the transitions motherfucker yeah all right um and it was just very, very entertaining to me yeah just and just a funny high contrast to, to like the um you know the traditional christmas music and and then the uh 80s dark synth yeah <laughs> synth wave of uh Stranger Things taken over for, yeah. I, I I mean, I'm, a lot of people were like uh, creeped out by it, you know. <laughs> well, I remember the, the the first of it would have been, um, the the uh, the, the first round of it was I just had live synth piano, um, and opening night it was. Like I had Jeremy St. Martin on keys because there was a song at the end of the show, or there's a couple of songs in the show. Um, but I had all the transition music was just him playing on the keyboard. And it was so unsettling that between opening night and the second night, I, or it might've been the fir- after opening weekend, I went in and I put in like, like more darker uh dubstepy type uh christmas music and it right. still got the idea across but it wasn't as low energy and off-putting yeah gotcha yeah. come see our christmas show it's unsettling <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, um okay so kurt's question is uh this is a great question what are some ways to work with performers to find greater emotional depth in their characters which uh can sometimes, especially for a sketch show, be uh, such an important layer is um, emotional depth for character. And I know, uh, Pete, that that I don't know if this is like a Second City thing or, or just a, I don't know, general review style sketch thing, but like having uh, at least a scene in the running order that is like meant to be about relationship based or uh, more grounded, more kind of heartstring and comedy. Um, so you typically at least find the opportunity for, for uh, greater emotional depth and how do you kind of um, push people into it when, when you need it? 
Um, well, I mean, a lot of, um, a lot of times I try not to push, um, like I try to let them find it on their own because I, I feel icky being like, get sadder. <laughs> what is the matter with you? Cry. Let's see your tears. Probably gonna make them cry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, uh, kind of just uh, like I'll, I'll help them find like where to hit the dialogue or where to like take like take the take the air out of it. That doesn't make sense. Um, like like pause like where to put the pauses okay um because i can kind of get i can get the emotion out of them by um like manipulating how they're saying it versus um versus go back to when your mother had cancer tap into that yeah yeah tap into the emotion of what's it like to never not have a mom yeah and, well, and that's, I mean, that's a viable option, but I would yeah. always prefer um, to play it more with manipulating how they say it to um, help them feel the, the dialogue to the point that they can kind of get there on their own. Well, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, you guys have both been in a lot of sketch shows. Take off your take off your director's hat. If you had to perform something that was dramatic and, and you're trying to get that awe moment, how do you find that spot? How do you find that that, that character depth that that Kurt's asking about? Well, I think Pete's advice for um, knowing where to take pauses or or take a beat is really helpful because I I think especially in um in comedy you're playing with tension and and you don't want to go too full over to drama. And so it's nice to have this ebb and flow of when it's serious and when it's not. Um, And then that means that's a dynamic thing and dynamics means having changes. And so um, not having those changes be too abrupt is really important. And so having little moments where you know that this is where the transition into this needs to happen or a beat to, uh, actually check in internally before I just like say the line that's supposed to matter. I take a moment to actually feel it. Um, yeah. It's super, super helpful. Cool. What about you, Bob? Oh, oh you heard it on me. Ah, um, so if you're, if you're playing that vulnerable part, if being vulnerable is hard. So I, I take a, a look at the, the piece, the overall all tone and use that as a measurement then I try to connect with the character, see why it's hard, what you know, what, and try to match that tone. And usually, it's something as easy as, well, it's it's hard for them to talk about this because why? And then just try to use that as a measurement of how hard it is it for me to get out my words, which would cause a pause, which will make everybody go ah, and then I crush it. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and then and then hundred percent of the time, I knock it out of the park. Uh, if, yeah, just put um, a quiver in your voice, and you'll be fine. Yeah, you know, you know what else is really helpful too. Good, go ahead. Pete. I, I personally, I cry at everything, and I have a horrible temper. So all I got to do is 
<laughs> Let <laughs> loose. Yeah. I tear down the wall just for a second. But and I crush it every time. I crush it. <laughs> um, um, this is and the, uh, one more helpful tip on that uh, before we move on. The uh, this is helpful for improv and sketch, which is the uh, the as is or, or sorry as if or analogous thing of like uh, it, it should be as if um, as if your uh, car just just uh, drove off drove itself off a cliff or whatever, or, or it should be like your cat just died, or it should be like. Um, a divorce or whatever um yeah. that that as if uh comparison can be really helpful and it's a little easier uh or like quickly accessible sometimes than than going into into acting method to just be like oh a, a cool a quick reference point um because it's a short sketch you know uh it's not something with a full character arc or story arc uh when it's a review style sketch show. So like just having a quick reference point of, point of like, Oh, it's supposed to be like, uh, I just got robbed. Yeah. You know, it's just easy. Uh, and just to piggyback off of that, do it bigger than you would actually do it because you have to, you know, uh, convince the audience you're feeling that way. And we tend to, as humans hold back. So don't so stop being afraid to hold back, play a little bit bigger than you actually would react. Uh, it, for some reason it's slightly more comedic, uh, cause we're all horrible people and <laughs> it, 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 it reads better. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Kurt, I, I, I see another awesome question from you. I, I want to veer things, um, a little bit in, in another direction, which I think will fit for Kurt's question down the line. Um, what, when it, here, here's, here's what I struggle with sometimes like allocating the uh the writing portion to the uh like narrow like selecting the running order to then getting it on stage to then just rehearsing and um you know polishing it uh how do you kind of like time manage the the segments that are needed when when you start a process from scratch you're like what what is it it's usually like 6 or 8 weeks before getting on stage yeah um how, how do you how do you how do you chunk out that time do you, do you have a consistent way of doing it or like is it i don't i usually try to split it so it's four and four that never works um <laughs> oh, it, no. I mean, it never it never happens it's a good plan <laughs> great plan but it never happens um but um yeah, like it's I, I try to I always try to give more time to rehearse to rehearsing the stuff than writing it, but it's always the opposite. The writing always takes longer. Um for me as a director, um I also like editing as I block it. So like if a script is on its second draft and I, I know it's not finished, I at least have a general idea of what I want out of that sketch and what I think is really going to work. Um, and if I really like the concept, that's automatically on the yes pile. Because I know once it's up on its feet, I can tweak it and edit it as, as we go. Um, it, for me, it's a lot easier than waiting for, all right, this script is 100% finished. 
I absolutely love it. Um, like, cause the time to get to that, I'm losing valuable time, either working on new ideas or finalizing, you know, other sketches or working, uh, giving time to the sketches that really have a neat concept, but don't aren't anywhere near as complete a sketch. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I, 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 I tend to, it's almost like, um, what needs the most work? I'm going to focus on that to get as much done as I can with this, with the script. And then once I have, you know, three weeks of writing, four weeks of writing, um, I'll sit down with it and I, I do the note card running order, um, write everything, write every sketch and blackout and whatever and song on a note card, um, throw them on a table. What's my absolute yes pile? What's my absolute no pile? What are the maybes? All right, great. I'll scrap the no's. Uh, my absolute yeses, where do I feel that they would fit in a cool running order? Um, then once those are all in, then I'm like, all right, well, what is this show missing? Or is there not a relate a quality relationship scene? All right, there's got to be, then I'll look in the maybe pile. Is there, um, or a lot of the quality sketches are a lot of standing and talking. Uh, it's still entertaining, but at the moment, it's a lot of standing and talking. Are there any sketches that are already hyper-physical? I'll bring those in. Um, you know, so you have, you have a checklist for, for a running order where you're like, it's it, it should have these things, physical, group scene, something yeah. high energy, something low energy, something, uh, you know, grounded, something. Um, what's another one? Is, is There's also like the sort of like edgy one right the um yeah the one that taboo the taboo one yeah ta if, if if um well depending on the on the group the um the group from plot twist that's all they wrote was taboo right yeah <laughs> right that's a i've got it i've got a t-shirt that they made for me as a director's gift in honor of a sketch that i cut that was never going to see the light of day and is so inappropriate um you go right ahead and ask Chris Fortin about it. Okay. Uh, oh, I thought you were picking up right now, like, and here it is. <laughs> and I'm wearing it. Yes. I'm wearing it. Uh, um, no, it's a really inappropriate shirt that I accidentally wore to sign paperwork uh, for Lily's school one time. Oh, shit. I was like, huh? doing this the whole, like, uh-huh. How can I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like if, if there is some kind of edgy or, or taboo type material, um, that, yeah, I'll, I'll look for that. But it's basically, as long as the opener, um, is high energy and gets the audience in and your first sketch is sort of grounded to welcome them into the, into the world you're creating. Those are really the two big things that I, I, I always want and then beyond that what i can get I, I i'll take um i'll take what i can get okay and then similar do you have a, a go-to process for casting the show itself like like not in the beginning but once you have the sketches in the running order who plays what role um i i, I picked up a really great 
uh, tool from PJ, uh, which I'm not sure maybe you use, is to kind of make a grid of like, here's your cast members uh, are the columns, and you usually have like six to eight cast members. Yeah. Um, uh, th that's those are the columns, and then over on the left for the rows, you do the um, all the sketches in the running order, and then you basically go and and number give them a weighted uh, number in each sketch. So if uh, if Pete's playing a lead role uh, in a two-person sketch, um, then that's a three. And then if uh, somebody has a walk-on and it's just the bartender who has one line, that's a one. Um, and then, uh, you know, and, and, and if it's an ensemble scene and everybody has a few lines, maybe you get a two or a one, depending on how long it is or whatever. But 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 then at the end, you kind of rack it up and be like, oh shit, uh, Bob's got a 35 and Pete's got a 14. Um, I that need to right. balance Pete. <laughs> That's how it should be. <laughs> okay, yeah. and well, well directed. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you use that? Is that familiar to you, Pete? I, I do, I, I don't do the weighted numbers, but I do, um, like if you're the lead in the, uh, if you're the lead in the sketch, you get a you get a little X, and if you're a supporting character, you get a lowercase X. Um, <laughs> and and how big is your X at the end? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and then I just I look at once. So like if um, like James, if you wrote a sketch and when you read it, you wanted to play the lead character, and the couple times we've read it it's your character your it's your sketch okay i know james is going to play that character um and he's the lead so i'll mark that james is in it but i know that the sketch also has three other characters and i won't cast that right away and so when i look at the grid i i pick like i know bob's going to play this character cuz he wrote it i know um i'm going to play this character because the couple times that we read it i really liked how pete read that part so i know that he's gonna play that part and then once i have like all of the this is kind of already where i was at with casting is set then i'll kind of fill in the holes of all right so the james sketch it also needs two people but really they only have like two or three lines all right uh, bob and pete get those two whatever and then when i'm done i'll look at it and if there are any like big holes in the grid where it's like oh wow from the third sketch to the 12th sketch there's no bob <coughs> i'll go back in and i'll redistribute um some of the smaller parts just so that stage time wise nobody's sitting backstage for a really really long time yeah yeah that, i think that i think that's the kind of logistics that uh, people don't always have in mind when they think about directing is is like those those transitions and like uh giving people like uh balanced stage time and and um whether whether you have also you know conversely you don't want people sitting backstage for six seven scenes in a row but you also don't want somebody doing like three scenes in a row where they're playing a similar character or right, um yeah. or or that they're just going to get burnt out by the you know by the by the streak of it and, that, and that'll sometimes too um like if i feel like okay the running order is set then i look at casting and if i realize oh wait no hang on you know bob is playing 
a kind of a similar character, but in different scenarios in these three sketches back to back to back. Uh, and like with the grid, I it's more apparent than looking at just like scene titles. Then I can like pull, like rearrange the running order slightly uh, to better represent uh, the, the, the grid of casting. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so real quick, Heather has uh, says that um, Second City has an outline from Rachel Mason, uh, which kind of lays out um, a healthy running order on the se Second City model. It, Heather, uh, can you follow up and let us know if that's like a public thing or is that something that comes along with like taking a class or or whatnot? Um, I'm just curious if it's if it's something that exists on their website somewhere. Um, and then going back to uh, Kurt's second question, uh, as a director, are there some uncommon things that you love to see in a script as a director? Um, some uh, rare things that a writer can do uh, that makes a director's job easier is the question. Yeesh. Um... Nothing, nothing to me really comes to mind. I mean, like if, if it's a good fun sketch that of course, that's what I love to see, but I, I don't think there's a ton um, there, there's not a ton that really that I'm like, okay, cool. This is going to make my job easier down the road. Um, <coughs> I think there are sketches that make me more excited. Yeah. Necessarily. yeah I agree with that. But, oh man, this sketch is going to be so fun to direct and then yeah. so fun to watch. I yeah. can't work on this. Well, I guess a, a, a sketch that doesn't really require props is a is <laughs> <laughs> a good sketch in my book. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say like like there is the absence of things. <laughs> but right. also, I, I maybe Bob and I agree on that. Um, that like I, I'm a minimalist in uh, directing. I yeah. I would rather do more with less. But I know like Tommy Leroy probably would not ask you to do that <laughs> you yeah. know where, where do you where do you where do you stand on it pete would you rather have a lot of like big ideas and and high production uh concepts written I, in the sketches it it depends on the sketches i mean less props is always easier but i if i come up with a sketch that's got if there's a sketch idea that is so brilliant and requires a ton of props and stuff i'm not gonna say no to it Right. Um, like that that time travel sketch that Doug wrote um like it required um a, a, a beehive it required um five different full character costume changes um uh lights that go didn't have yet it it required the <laughs> stage it required the stage to explode, so I had to figure out. So I had to like work with Tommy and figure out how to make it look like the actual set had been blown up and caught fire, which required a fake um, beam to come out of the light grid and crash on the stage, and the projector screen got had to get set up so that like it could like swing loose and look like it was falling off the ceiling, um, mm -hmm. and. It was such an interesting concept and such a fun idea as a closer that I was like, you know, to hell with it. Let's let's make this happen. I, I would never, I would never say no to something just because it required a lot of props. But like, if 
the gimmick of the sketch is look at these props that I'm going to say no, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but if the sketch itself is so brilliant, but props and sets require it to be to come to completion, then hell yeah, I'm in. Um, but also, this is coming from the guy who uh, wrote a Star Wars show that required full so many props. <laughs> Darth Vader, Ewok, all sorts of nonsense. And then followed yeah. that up Stage Fright, which was a Victorian era. <laughs> Bloodbath. Uh, <laughs> play. Um, but you also did Silent, which had no props. Had one prop, one prop. Or uh, and a pair of glasses and a hat. Okay. So a wardrobe. <laughs> um, yeah, and and, and really, it's like it, you just can't have you have a, have to have a capacity for or, or sorry, uh, what I mean is a cap for how many of those types of high production scenes you have. Yeah, it's nice to have the the again the balance. I, th I think I think that really is a lot of what uh, once once the writing process is done, a lot of what. Uh, the directing comes down to is um balancing things and um uh what do you call it like the feasibility the the logistics of things yeah um okay well i am really enjoying this conversation yes. but it is uh 2 p.m um maybe we'll put a pin in it for another oh. round wrap it up everybody yes part three we're gonna do a part three <laughs> Well, so here, here, here's my thought. I I think there's maybe a couple things that we could we could have touched on with uh, with sketch process that um, would still be interesting. But I, I just have a feeling they're going to come up if we do more uh, show and tell episodes on right. specific um, shows. But what I would love to do is we didn't really talk about uh, directing improv and the things that are similar and different with uh, those types of processes. So maybe what we'll do. I, again, just making it more of a show and tell thing is maybe what we can do is uh, have you back to do a X Factory uh, or Go Labs um, episode, um, and and uh, and talk about launching some of these um, sure more like fo highly for structured or formatted high concept uh, long form shows and short form. But anyway. Um, Heather says, uh, okay, so so this outline from Rachel Mason on running orders is uh, not on their website. Um, black market. It's a Ooh. black market item from Second City. Uh, maybe it'll go into circulation. Um, but Rachel Mason we'll is the dark web. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's super, super valuable. <clears throat> um, but any any closing thoughts on uh, stuff in your directing process that we didn't get to, Pete? Uh, no. Um... Uh, don't, don't grip it so tight as a director, let, let all everybody's opinions kind of help, yeah. help, uh, season that, that soup. Um, but only to a point, I mean, at some point you got to become the bad guy and be like, all right, shut up. Now I got to run things like we're on week seven time to, time to buckle down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't just because you are the director doesn't mean that you're always going to have the funniest idea. That's true. Um, so welcome. You have a cast for a reason. You brought them in to write a show, like listen 
listen to their ideas. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's, that's a great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they call it directing for a reason. It's uh, you're you're yeah. taking you're supposed to be taking momentum and and moving it in a particular direction. And also, great nice to your stage manager, be very nice to your stage manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, awesome, Bob. Any any closing comments? No, I think you guys got it. Uh, yeah, um, listen to everybody. Treat everybody with respect. Uh, don't grip it so tight. And uh, have fun. Guys, at the end, have fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> loosen up on that grip a little and have fun. Hey, hey, loosen up on that seasoning grip. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, this has been a great conversation, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll pick it up either in a show and tell episode or maybe a part three directing episode uh, down the road. But for now, um, just a, a, one more reminder announcement that uh, we are now the Improv Network podcast um, and uh, we have been adopted by the Improv Network and uh, our programming will not change much, but we're very excited to now be under the umbrella of the Improv Network. Uh, an awesome organization of improv community and resource. Uh, and we will have more details on what that means and um, some cool opportunities that we will uh, be working toward in the near future. Uh, look for Snow Day, MLK Jr. weekend in the virtual space. Um, and if you have any ideas for what you might want to do in a virtual marathon, uh, send them Bob and Pete's way. Um, and if you have any questions, follow up comments or um, topic and guest ideas, send them our way uh, in the comments here. Or, or if you um, just want to tell us we're your favorite show, we'll accept that as yeah. well. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now, now if you have ideas and comments and whatnot, you can send them to uh, James and Bob at the improv network.org or our new e emails. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Improv Network podcast. Bye. Bye.